Welcome to Triangle BNI. Today's show is brought to you by Simply Done Concierge. Uh, folks uh, can go make money, can go make products, but you can't make time in your day. And that's what we do here at Simply Done Concierge is help you be in two places at one time. Uh, meal prep, uh, dog sitting, dog walking, uh, cleaning, packing, unpacking. We can help you with that. So if you need some more time back in your day, please go to simplydoneconcierge.com. Tell them how we can help you, and I know we will be able to add time to your day. Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. Each week on Triangle BNI, we bring you a local small business success story. If you are not familiar with BNI, it is Business Networking International, the world's largest networking organization. Our little slice of heaven here in the Triangle is Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and the surrounding cities. Each week, about 32 chapters and around 550 members get together, and our goal is to help each other grow our businesses. And our local small business success story this week is Scotty Gardner with Colonial Insurance Agency. Scotty is a member of Cary Connections. They meet Monday mornings at 8.30 at Hope Community Church on Buck Jones Road. Uh, Scotty, we just saw each other. It is good to see you again. How are you? Doing well. Thanks, Mike. Good. Yeah, we had a good meeting this morning. Scotty's group, uh, what, 19 strong, I think. Uh, had a couple of good visitors, got a pending application. So uh, it's a good way to start the new year. Now, you've been in BNI eight years and eight months, if I've got my math correct. Um, what got you into this? What got you into being? Um, well, I was, uh, I'm sure some, some BNIers can relate that I was, I was a, a never BNIer <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I had a, not a, I guess not a coach I'd hired, but just a, a, a personal individual in my life that acted as a coach, so to speak, who, uh, kept saying, well, yeah, but what if it increased your revenue? Yeah, but what if it increased your revenue? Well, yeah, but what if it increased your revenue? And I'm like, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. So uh, coincidentally, um, one of the fellow agents, the owner of this agency, um, decided to join a BNI. And one thing led to another, someone who visited the, the BNI thing, right? One person who visited his BNI chapter um, invited uh, him to come to their chapter. And he's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm good, but I've got some money in my office I'd like to send. So I ended up being that somebody, one thing led to another, joined that group. Uh, things played out there the way they did. And now uh, here, eight and a half years later, uh, Carry Connections chapter going, going strong. What I like about that story is I'm obviously a BNI fan as well. Um, you are in the insurance world. You're an independent insurance agent. We'll get to Colonial uh, in a second. But you only have in the triangle about, what, 32,000 competitors, probably? <laughs> I don't know what the statistic is, but there's. we just say there's one on every corner, and there's a lot of corners. <laughs> <laughs> there are, and sometimes in that office, there's six of them, right? Uh, yeah, so, that's right. You're yeah. at an intersection, there's four. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> But I like that approach you have because uh, everybody or almost everybody needs some version of insurance. And so they've got to come find somebody like you. But I like the fact, the other thing I learned at BNI uh, since I've been in was the difference between a captive agent and an independent insurance agent. 
there are many people you can call to quote somebody's coverage. That's correct. Yeah. So um, independent agents represent a number of different insurance companies. Um, some represent some of the same companies. Some have unique companies to their agency. Just depends on who you've you know contracted with. You know over over the time that your agency's been in business. But yeah, it just gives us a lot of flexibility. Um, I may actually mentioned this this morning in BNI, but statistically, now I, I know it seems it seems kind of the opposite because we're always kind of get pitched as a consumer. You know, call us to save money. You know, those commercials on TV, things of that nature. But statistically, people don't like to shop their insurance, and they certainly don't like to switch their agents. People want to stay in a place where they feel comfortable. Now, there are certainly extenuating circumstances that change that. They don't feel safe in that place anymore. They don't feel confident in that place anymore. And then it becomes time to, to look around. But in general, and again, broad, broad statistics, people don't, uh, they don't want to shop or move from their agents. So us representing multiple companies gives us that flexibility where they can have that confidence that, um, to give them a sort of a viewpoint of the marketplace for their situation at any given time, we can price it out for them. Um, and if we find a better deal for them, then, then great. Um, they get the benefit of saving that money and not having to switch their agent. Though a couple things I know, one is I know Scott and Gretchen a little bit, know you a little bit better. Uh, I don't believe you guys are going to be incorporating an animal in any TV advertisements you guys do in 2023. So feel confident about that, not to knock any agency, you know, any carriers that do. Uh, but the other thing I learned in BNI from agents like yourself is everybody's got a policy, but not everybody has coverage. And yeah. so, and that just made me think that insurance is something we know I, I got it. I don't know what I got, Scotty, but I got it. And we yeah. really need to look what, at least once a year at our policies. I say so. I mean, if nothing else, uh, I guess sort of a twofold answer. I don't know that people necessarily need to be shopping their coverage every year, but certainly, you know, if there's a question that's come to mind and that doesn't have to be at like renewal or whatever, but if you have a question to ask it, is probably more the answer I would give you, Mike. Is you know, call don't don't hesitate to call up your agent um, to to ask a question that comes to mind. Um, maybe there's a reason that question is coming to mind, right? Um, there's some intuition going on there, or, or whatever. But um, yeah, and I, I think that you know, taking the time to do that may also give you some more insight into who you're actually dealing with, and is this person responsive. Um, do they have an answer? And if they don't have an answer, were they willing to go get the answer? Um, maybe even an opportunity to, again, learn a little bit more about the type of person that you're dealing with. Yeah. And I think one of the normal life changes that come to my mind every time I think about that is if you've got a car that's 10 or 11 years old and you sell it, now you don't necessarily buy another car, but you just sell that one. Probably not top of the list. Oh, better call Scotty. Tell him to take that off my policy. We may think about that two year, two months down the road, but you know, but those little changes like that. Yeah, I, and I would say one thing that we we run into, um, and I imagine the industry as a whole does, is that we've got uh, we've got car dealers telling um, 
car purchasers, our clients, our insureds, don't worry about it. We'll call your agent. We'll make sure this car gets added to the policy. Get them all the details that you that you need. We'll handle it turnkey. Nothing to worry about. You know, three months, six months, whenever their next renewal rolls around, they get it. They're like, hey, this car we bought in May and it's now, you know, August <laughs> is not on here. The dealer told us they were going to call. They didn't call. Obviously, we have no other way of knowing that you purchased a vehicle without them or you letting us know. Um, and that's become an area where we've kind of had to reteach, retrain our clients, you know, hey, you know, certainly take it on their goodwill. If they call us, wonderful, but you need to call us regardless of what they say. Um, and if they happen to call us too, then great. We've heard from both of them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. That You're right. At that that happens more so than the, I sold my car, but I forgot to tell you about it. We get plenty of calls of, hey, we sold a car. What do we need to do? Yeah. It's it's the, we bought a car and nobody knew about it. That's been, been more of a problem that we've noticed. Wow. I didn't think about that, but that's, yeah, that's good to know. So speaking of car dealers and insurance, um, I, you can jump in and tell me how dumb I was because I was, and it's a valuable lesson I learned. So I bought this would have been five years ago, maybe. I bought a really nice minivan that I needed because my brother and I were still doing the commercial cleaning business. And I bought the minivan. Uh, it was a, like, two-year-old minivan. Everything I needed. Really liked it. And I was getting ready to drive off the dealership, and the guy goes, hey, do you want gap insurance? I'm like, nah, I think I'm good. All right, so like two and a half months later, I get T-boned. I was going through an inter through a neighborhood, and a couple of kids were horsing around. One car was chasing the other, and this I got T-boned at about forty-five miles an hour. Airbags, I mean, everything went on. I thought I'd hit something, and I didn't. And the van was totaled, and because I said no to gap insurance, uh, it cost me about thirty-two hundred dollars out of pocket. That was a very, because they weren't going to give me the price I bought it for. They said, here's what it's worth today. And it's like, so little things like that, just call your insurance agent to go, should sure. I do this? Oh, I was so mad. I was mad, Scotty, at losing the van. I was furious at not at losing $3,200. For sure. Oh, uh, sure. so gap insurance, it matters. Little things like that matter, but that's why they call somebody like you, right? Yeah. And and not to not to go down a, a coverage road tangent, but they, uh, the insurance companies have come out with some additional um, optional coverages and endorsements that address that issue now as well. So um, there's there are ways to prevent that from from happening to people um, outside of gap coverage as well. Is that a stupid clause they inserted for people like me? Is that what it's called? <laughs> no, and not, and not not every and not every company offers it, but it's called repair and replacement cost coverage. Um, so there can still be some instances where I, you know, because the natural question would be, then why do they offer gap coverage? Well, they have rep repair and replacement cost options with some companies, but the the vehicle has to be like the same model year, you know, or newer to oh. qualify for that with the insurance company. So anything that's already a couple years old when you bought it you would need to have the gap coverage to, to, to cover that need. But if it is truly brand new, 
you know, we could we could look at the repair and replacement cost, which is going to help. Um, you know, you have to read the policy form with the with the respective companies, but most of them are going to you know just buy a brand new vehicle if it's totaled within the first year since the purchase, and then in in the subsequent years all the way up to five years when they remove that endorsement because they don't they don't offer that after five it's five years old but in those subsequent four years after the first year you're not going to have to deal with the depreciation like you would typically have to deal with so you know instead of them saying well the book says the car is worth this the insurance but you're sitting there and you're looking online and you're saying well i understand that but if i went and bought this car today with this many miles on it this color with these features like i had this is actually what it would have cost well that that actually what it would cost is what they're paying you as opposed to that depreciated amount so in any circumstance you don't have to um, if you qualify for that endorsement that takes away some of that you know some of that um, uh, curiosity about well how's this going to play out yeah uh the lesson here to date all the young kids is don't be stupid call your insurance agent save your thirty two hundred dollars ask questions invest it invest it and one day it'll pay off way more than thirty two hundred but you're right just simple phone calls though just ask Uh, the question now your the insurance world changes i think every day or every week maybe at least every week you're getting an, an update on the industry of something is that a fair timeline yeah, okay. you know, there are um, either new co- types of coverage yep. endorsements similar to the one that we just talked about, things of that nature that companies may be rolling out. Um, you know, a lot of times in our industry, one company will come up with that coverage and then <laughs> the other companies follow suit as they get more data about it and they had a rate for it and things of that nature and have more people asking about it. Um, so there's you know, information coming out, you know, not necessarily daily, but constantly where other companies are starting to offer coverages that they've seen, um, enhancements to those coverages as they, as insurance companies learn about coverages that they offer and they see claims coming in, you know, they'll take, start to tailor those coverages and enhance those coverages as well. So um, when you represent more than one company, like we do, you know, you're constantly getting details about you know, either new coverages coming out or betterments to coverages that already, already exist. And that, which leads me to my question that about three months before you became an insurance agent, did you realize, I hope you enjoy reading Scotty. Did you realize (laughs) you'd have to read and retain this much information? Um, not exactly. (laughs) No. You know, it's kind of one of those things, I guess, probably in a lot of a lot of industries, but especially, you know, when you're starting out and whatever you're doing, it's just kind of you kind of see what sticks, <laughs> you know, and we hope it sticks. But obviously, when you're when you have an interest in your industry and it's something that you see yourself doing long term, you, you take that initiative to learn more and more. And, you know, you have to have some things happen to you, too, right? You know, some things not go a certain way or the way you thought they should have gone or you know, kind of learning the hard way in, in some respects too, to, um, to be able to advise clients better, you know, as you go along. Yeah. I've had uh, some insurance agent on the show, uh, in the past, and I've always liked asking them and for, for however you can answer this question. Uh, and I'll tell you two stories here in a minute after you answer, but what's the coolest thing you've gotten to insure for somebody? 
And mm. I asked that because I had an agent on one day. Uh, she got a chance to insure a Super Bowl ring, which I thought was all right. But but you like you always ask for uh, to meet boys with toys, jet skis, boats, cool cars, things yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, I've never never insured anything like you know in insane with in that regard. Um, had the opportunity to to insure like you know some some nicer high end boats or whatever, but. I mean, not like a, you know, a, a Leo DiCaprio like <laughs> yacht or anything like that. Um, I guess I would say probably the coolest, not not a single one thing, but um, part of what we, you know, we do, we help, you know, businesses in, insure their business, business owners insure their businesses too. And um, really for me, one of the cool things is just seeing these guys you know, some of them start from scratch, you know, and they come to you and five years later, 10 years later, um, to see the success that they've had in their business and to talk to them about, you know, how they got started, what they've done to make that business a success. I think seeing, being a part of that and seeing that their dream come to fruition is a really, you know, a really cool thing. And, you know, we've gotten an opportunity to ensure some, some, whether it be a, you know, a business where it's like, third generation and the business owner now is like the one who's like just trying not to screw up the family <laughs> legacy all the way to the guy who um you know started from scratch five years ago with a with a weed eater you know and and and, and trimming sidewalks to you know growing up you know a massive landscape company or, or whatever um so not a not any one unique item that i've ever insured that just stuck out to me um, but definitely a lot of unique businesses and, and the backgrounds that the people come from um, in all in those businesses is, is really cool. And another agent I had on, uh, she, we got to talk about the weirdest requests you get for insurance. And she had a call one time from a guy who asked if she could insure his illegal business. I mean, he told her up front, it's illegal. And she didn't tell me what kind of business it was, business it was, but he said, can you insure my illegal business? She goes, I don't think I'm going to be able to help you on that. <laughs> yeah. This isn't, this isn't going to work out. That's funny. So we, um, we had a guy who was in love with his cat yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, he, he had this cat cloned. Well, the, the, the clone cat was insanely expensive and so he wanted to ensure against ever having to clone this cat again that insurance would be able to pay to do that as opposed to to him having to pay out of pocket to be able to do that so wow. that that never became of anything but that was the oddest request i think i've ever heard of. i like that that's uh yeah i know people love cats i didn't know you could go so far as to clone them but hey uh, uh, that was, that was an interesting conversation. <laughs> Do you remember the very first policy you closed? I do. How nervous was, were you that day? <laughs> I was sitting in this guy's living room. Like, I mean, that, and, you know, and everything's changed so much now, you know, you, there's e-signature and, you know, electronic payments and all of this stuff now that wasn't there 14 years ago when I got started. And, uh, but yeah, sitting in this guy's living room, signing some applications for his, uh, little small business chiropractic, uh, firm that he'd started. 
that was the very first policy ever. Nice. And did, so when you left the house, uh, what kind of proud were you feeling like, I got this? <laughs> Mike, I've never been so proud to make $15 in my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, that's so uh, good, man. Uh, yeah, because yeah. we don't think about that. We think, oh, he just insured a $25,000 car. And I mean, your residual, your your cut is going to be what it is. There's not a lot you can do about that, but 15 bucks. I like that, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Humble beginnings. <laughs> oh, a lot good. different than that. Thank you for closed business that I reported this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was a good one. Um, yeah. Those are good. <laughs> 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And how long did it take you to close the next one? Oh, man. It's crazy. You know, you always remember the first, right? But it's like, I don't know that you ever remember the second. Um, what was the second thing I did? I don't know, Mike. Right. I don't remember what the second one was. No worries. It's like, yeah, it's like fourth place at the Olympics. Nobody remembers because you didn't medal. So. <laughs> yeah, um, it, didn't make it, it didn't make it on the podium. He, that person won't be in your book when you write it one day, right? That's it. <laughs> uh, what is the, I'm sure we own things because I hear people with, with you hear jewelry and paintings and, and stuff like that. What are a couple, one or two common things that people never think to get insured, but they probably should look into it. Um, in, engagement and wedding rings is probably the most common. Um, but then there are a lot of other miscellaneous items that people just assume are, are, are covered the, the, not to go down a, a get in the weeds on coverage forms and things like that. But the issue that you run into with items that we talk about scheduling is theft. Yep. So theft is that specific peril that insurance companies often limit your coverage for things like jewelry, fine arts, firearms, silverware, you know, th those more, um, what can amount to higher end items that typically get lost or stolen? Yep. So if I'm on my, if I'm a brand new groom and I'm on my honeymoon and I'm on a cruise and somehow or another, my ring slips off and goes down into the ocean. Can I, if that's insured, can I get that recovered? Yep. Yep. I think anybody, yeah. And the, and the thing about it when it's scheduled is they, they pick up a thing called mysterious disappearance. So like it can, you know, you don't have to, there's, if there's a, an instance where you can't really prove that like I lost it in the ocean, yeah. like I just simply don't have it anymore. And I can't, I can't show you that I don't have it other than like, you know, unless you want to like raid yeah. my house or something <laughs> like, yeah, we're just taking it on your word that you scheduled this item and you're, Yep. telling us that you no longer have it. Well, and speaking of mysterious uh, disappearances, we're going to get into kids here in a second because we we're laughing about Ooh. that this morning. Yeah. Uh, one <laughs> of the questions I always like to ask my guest, uh, your wife's name is Lauren. Correct. Okay. Uh, how did you and Lauren meet? And do you both tell the story the same way? Uh, yeah, we, we do. So we, um, <laughs> interesting she was a homeschool kid um, all the way up until her senior year in high school. Um, she told her mom, she's like, I want to 
you know, nothing against you. You've done great. I just want to go to public school to meet some people, you know, right here locally before I go off to college. Um, so she shows up at, at our small, you know, Bun High School, <laughs> a very rural high school there. Um, and um, that's how I guess we first, I won't say we met, we just knew one another existed. <laughs> and then uh, we ran in some of the same friend circles, not really. Um, but we, again, we knew, knew who, you know, one another was. And then we both went to uh, community college, Nash Community College, um, after we graduated. And uh, in our last, uh, or actually her last semester, my next to last semester there, um, we had a class together. Um, we were the only two people that, knew each other in that class so we sat beside one another we were both single one thing led to another and nice did you uh here we are as the george Strait song goes did you pass her note say check yes or no check yes or no <laughs> <laughs> i guess in my own way yes i did <laughs> so where was the first date Ooh, oh i know um las margaritas in wake forest for all my Wake Forest people, you know exactly where that is. It's in the basement of the building on the corner there, Main Street. Very nice. And how long into the relationship did you realize, ooh, I think there's something here? Pretty soon. Yeah. Good answer, Scotty. Good answer. Pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. We did the long distance thing and we had about a three month breakup standing there about three years in, but all together now we've been together for six years a little over 16 years um so you know nice uh you guys have two sons uh what's right i have my mm -hmm. information right now so uh how old are they and what what's your house like these days with those two <laughs> so uh wesson firstborn son um four and a half and jd uh will be one year old next month april 4th <laughs> Uh, so things are, um, Active. things are busy. <laughs> <laughs> things are busy. Um, I was actually telling my, uh, my wife had to go out of town this weekend and she took our youngest son with her, um, and was actually telling somebody today that I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time when they left, but coincidentally, it ended up being a really good thing for me and Wesson because ever since JD came along, Wesson and, and my relationship has gotten very instructional mm -hmm. as opposed to relational. Yep. So it was good this weekend for he and I just to be able to spend some one-on-one -on -one time together, um, just hang out and, and do guy stuff. Uh, so what were the meals like with you and Wesson this weekend? <laughs> so uh, we went out to eat dinner with his uh, two of his other favorite people. Uh, his grandma and grandpa on Friday night at go. the Mexican restaurant. That's a, that's a hands down winner every time. <laughs> um, but believe it or not, for all of you watching out there, uh, I cooked a couple of meals over the weekend too. So um, we did some fast food and we did some, some cooked meals at the house. Nice. And he, he, and he ate on his, on his mother's schedule, just like he always does. So everything, everything ran according to plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the dynamics are interesting. You have two adults and two kids. You would feel like it's man to man defense and it's really not. 
And when you, so when you remove the second kid from the equation, the noise level goes down. Uh, it's different. You could probably hear things, but it, it's funny. You would think it'd be simple math, but it's nowhere near simple math when you add one or subtract. One. It's not, it's definitely not. <laughs> and the fact that like the, it was the younger of the two that, that was gone this weekend. Um, like at one year, one year old, they have so many more like miscellaneous needs throughout the day and like preparation for things to leave the house. And whereas, you know, Wesson, I can put it, he can put his own clothes on, put his shoes on, get ready. I'll brush your teeth and, and hop in the truck. Um, a one-year-old is <laughs> just don't just stop screaming and hollering for a minute while I get your stuff together. <laughs> that would be nice. So granted, JD's only going to be a year old shortly. Can you kind of tell who's more like mom and who's more like dad yet? Mm. No, not okay. yet. Right. Not definitely not with JD. Weston's a good combination of both. <laughs> good. Your looks, his yeah. brain, your looks, her brains. Is that the best? I, <laughs> I don't know. He, but, he might've got all her good qualities and got all my bad qualities. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a good husband answer too. So you're two for two today. Though. There you have it. Um, you grew up on a farm in Lewisburg. Yeah. So that intrigues me for two reasons. One is I did not grow up in a small town. We moved around a lot. So I lived in a bunch of towns, but none of them small and never on a farm and have no farm skills. So what was that like and how many family members lived around you? All kind of, all kind of, uh, assumptions that we make about small town farming life. Yeah. So, um, interestingly, we grew up on a farm, but we didn't actually, um, tend, you know, to that farm. We had the land and we had a tenant farmer who took care of it for up until just about three years ago, actually, which is another part of the story. But, um, grew up on farmland, grew up, you know, tractors, four wheelers, hunting, um, just that kind of nature-esque type, right? Go outside, get dirty, you know, come back in when dinner's ready type, right? Um, but fast forward um, to, like I said, just three years ago, the tenant farmer who took care of the place actually passed away. And it had been something that was in the back of my mind for a while where I wanted, you know, us to start doing some things out there as a family. So we actually um, turned what was already like the cropland, cleared cropland into pasture land and we grew hay out there. So we got a little small hay business that we've started up and, um, you know, we've got some customers that buy from us and, and things like that. So that's been a lot of fun to, um, you know, especially Weston being a little older, like, taking him out there, teaching him about those things and um, seeing that, that little business get off the ground has been pretty cool. I like that. Um, did you have other family members that lived near you? Yeah. So all of my family, so my, my parents split up when I was two, both remarried by the time I was three, have great relationships with, with, with step parents and extended family and all that is, um, uh, uh, really a, a wonderful blessing from a family standpoint, given, given the circumstances for, for my situation. But, um, but yeah, so we all, both parents and step parents, family are all 
you know, relatively close by, you know, an hour away at the most. Um, but right there at the farm, um, just me, uh, me, my mom, my stepdad, and my sister, and then my great grandmother who actually owned the farm while she was alive. Um, she lived in the house next door. Um, but cousins and, and things of that nature all right there in the community, you know, within, you know, a five minutes drive or less. Um, but Lauren, um, her, her family's originally from Florida. They moved up when she was 12. Um, so all of her extended family is still uh, down in the Cocoa Beach, Cape Canaveral area of Florida. Um, but her, uh, all of her immediate family, mom, dad, brothers, sisters, and their kids are all, you know, close by. So that brings me to two questions. One is your great grandmother owned the property. Did some, did her parents own it before her? No. Okay. No, she, um, she, she, she and her husband bought it, owned it initially. Um, and, uh, she had it until she actually lived to be 106. Wow. Um, yeah. So she owned it. Um, I think they bought that place in like the, 40s or 50s. Wow, very impressive. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing I always like to ask people who grew up in a small town is how long did it take information to get back to your parents after you've done something you probably shouldn't have done? Not long. <laughs> and, I, and I and I uh and I was never a, a great liar. <laughs> so like and I and I knew my mom, so there were a lot of times where like I had gotten in trouble. And I didn't even wait. I just look, mom, you're probably ought to be expecting a phone call from such and such. Cause here's what happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, go, I'm sure you got a good story about somebody. Did you have a friend or a cousin try to bluff their parents? Oh yeah. Yeah. Put plenty, plenty of friends, plenty of cousins all trying to look, you know, like, look, man, you can call your mom if you want to. I'm not calling my mom, dude. You're crazy. And I'm like, look, I, that's just the way I'm wired. It is what it is. We got in trouble. This is probably going to be a lot easier on me in the long run if I just go ahead and confess. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we had plenty of. Yep. I'm with you. And also growing up the way you did was the way I did as well. I didn't, didn't live on a farm, but it was like, hey, leave the house. Just yeah. go outside and play, do it. Every once you just go out and play and, you know, come back later. And I always felt like a lot of folks that in my generation, um, we're, we live pretty good because we ate a lot of dirt and drank water out of the, out of the hose right off For side sure. of the house. And we didn't even think twice yeah. about it. I'm sure you did the same thing. For sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> drink water out of the hose, yep. play in the mud, play in the dirt, yep. eat dirt, ride for, you know, ride four wheelers without helmets and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just. Yep. It just, it was what it was, you know, and I don't know, I, I can, I draw comparisons to the way that our parents gave us freedom versus the way I see even me and Lauren raising our kids where, I don't know, maybe more new age parents tend to hover a lot more. Yeah. And, and times where I, I feel, I feel myself in that and I feel like I, I've got to pull away and just be like, look, man, you're, you're going to be fine going out there and do, you know, have some fun. I'm, I'm not going to be watching you for a little bit. Yeah. What is the biggest piece of equipment you have driven? Um, just like a, like average size tractor. Uh, we've got a tractor at the farm. We've got a, a small skid steer um, for moving around dirt and hay bales and, and things like that. Um, 
I love to I love to learn how to operate an excavator or a bulldozer, um, but haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. So right now, just your average size tractor and and skid steer. And my grandson would love to learn how to work a, a excavator as well. That is his favorite thing that ride that has <laughs> wheels. So it is uh, fun, man. Oh, it's yeah. it's you get out there on the farm and you got some little work to do. It's fun operating equipment. Yeah. Uh, what skill sets, what's the greatest farming skill set you have? Can you milk a cow? Can you bale 40 acres of hay in a day? All those good things. You know, Mike, I, I would have to say it's not a, not a, a, a physical attribute, but a mental attribute. And I, and I would say that like, having been in the insurance industry for so long leading into us taking that over um is the tolerance for things going wrong <laughs> and and let down <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know being in the, the sales cycle you know you have things go your way you have things that don't go your way you know you you get out there and the weather's supposed to be beautiful and you cut your hay and then then an unexpected thunderstorm comes up this afternoon and rains on you, right? Yeah. Just, just prepared and, and don't get frustrated and flustered and whatever. It just it, it just worked out the way that it did. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I've known uh, my wife since 1985. And at the time, her dad was retired Air Force colonel. Uh, they live in San Antonio. And he, uh, his family owned farmland in South Texas, right near Corbin. And from the moment I met her parents and was, had been stay, and stayed in their house, the TV was always on the weather channel. Because <laughs> as a farmer, you know this, you kind of know, kind of got to know what's coming up. And it, it could be 88 degrees for the neck and sunny for the next eight days. The weather channel told him that. But the Weather Channel was still on twenty four seven. Still on, yeah. Because yep. it, I mean, you know, you can look at it, pull it up on your phone right now, and look at it, and go check it again after lunch, yep. and it's different. Do you peek in on the Weather Channel as well? Uh, I'm mostly just using my my phone to, or to weather keep track okay. of. Yeah, right. but yeah, but constantly looking at it, whether it's whether I've got farming to do or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the, the hay business you have, what is the one weather element that you that just is tough on toughest on hay in that business? Um, well, with having to cut some of it in the summertime and these unexpected like showers that'll pop up, you know, July, August, whatever, um, that always makes it difficult. Um, but because obviously we're shooting for like hot and dry. We want, we want it to be as hot and dry as it can be, you know, when we cut it um, so that it dries out quicker and we can get it built up and get it under the shelter. Okay. Because you run into all sorts of issues when you start bailing it up with too much moisture in it. It can decay from the inside. And now you've got people that you've sold it to that are like, hey, you know, when we, because some people may be buying it, but they're not planning to use it until the winter. They're just Ooh. stocking up. Well, by the time the winter comes around and they go to feed it to their horses or cows, that half of the insides already decayed because it was it was too much moisture in it. Um, the other thing too is probably more common is you get too much moisture in there and you put it under a shelter. You're asking for that shelter to burn down. Oh, okay. 
because that stuff can can just spontaneously combust. Wow. Yeah. If it rained at one o'clock, a, a forty-five minute shower, how long would it take you guys? How long would it take for the hay to dry? It depends on how much it rained on it, but you just have to. We actually had that happen to us last year, and we had to tend it, which is if anybody knows anything about hay, like there's a machine that goes behind the tractor that spins and it kicks it out like it fluffs it up in the air. So it, it, it picks it up and fluffs it. And we had to ted it for like, I don't know, like three days before we could ever get it dry. So you're just, it'll get dry eventually, but you're just working three times as hard yep. to get it there as opposed to if it never rained on it. Yeah. Um, is that your retirement plan? No, <laughs> no, no. Small, small farms do not make money. <laughs> so that's always going to be your side hustle, right? Yeah. And right. that right there is, is a, is a calling and a skill that was placed in me that, uh, wasn't necessarily there to make money, but to yep, keep it in the family, just right? do it because it's an interest. Yeah. You don't still live in that house, do you? No. Okay. No, right. no, we, uh, Actually, we so after college, I moved back in there for a year and a half. I bought a house that had to be remodeled, so I spent that year remodeling it. And then my wife and I moved into it when we got married, and we've since sold that house and built a new house. But no, I don't. I go to it often because that's where that's where grandma is, and that's yep. that's where those grandbabies like to end up every yeah, now yeah. and then. Yeah, um, but I don't live there. Yep. Uh, all right, one last educational moment for people. They've got an auto or a home policy. What's something they should do in the next couple of weeks with that policy? Just peek at it. What should they be looking for? What should they do? Yeah, I would I would say just, I mean, you can always start out by looking at it. Uh, the issue with looking at it is that the common consumer doesn't know what they're looking at. Right. So I would say, kind of like what we started out with earlier, any questions that you've had about, you know, I wonder if this happened, how that would play out, or I wonder if that happened, like, you know, do insurance companies even cover that? Or if they do, how much will they cover? Or how does it respond? Or is it going to, you know, is it going to cause me, you know, uh, a significant increase in premium if I were to file a claim like that? Those are the kind of questions that are you know, most of our clients are asking. So if you've ever been asking yourself that question, I would start there. And then from that point say, okay, whether I'm talking to my current agent or I'm talking to somebody different, you know, I feel confident in what this person is saying. I want to maybe let's hash back through this and see if there are any areas, you know, of improvement um, to, you know, maybe we can uh, increase coverage and also, save on cost what what we see you know oftentimes is with, with our companies when we offer a home and auto and an umbrella option an umbrella liability policy to go over home and auto those underlying limits because these companies offer multi-policy discounts for all the policies that you have with them yes you may be increasing some of the underlying cost to get to the, the place that you need to be to have that umbrella. But once the umbrella is factored into the equation, the discounts will offset some of the additional costs to where people aren't spending near what they thought they would have to, to get more coverage. Um, so we're, 
that's just something that we kind of, you know, like to flow through with people to show them, you know, whether it's a, a current client that we're, you know, we're doing a review on or a potential new client, like, hey, here's, here's kind of a comparison to what you've got now. Here's another, you know, alternative to better your current plan. Um, and in some cases, if they're moving to us from another carrier, you know, we're better in their plan and saving them money. If they're already a client of ours, you know, with those discounts, it's like, okay, well, we're, you know, we're not saving money, but the, the increased cost to do this is not as much as it would be because we're factoring in these additional discounts. Um, so just, you know, taking the time to probably start with the questions that you've had um, and then roll that into um, a review so that your questions can get addressed as part of that review. No, I appreciate that. And folks, we've been putting Scotty's phone number up on the screen during the show. Uh, if you have questions, he'll answer them for you, um, help you in any way he can. Uh, so give him a call. Make sure and make sure everything you have, you have insured and everything that's on your policy, you still have. <laughs> so there's little things like if that. If anybody's so, ever told you they were going to call on your behalf, double check that. <laughs> you know, Scotty, that may be the best thing I learned today was I didn't even think that that would yeah but now that you say it i can see where you're trying to sell four cars in a day and finance nine and you forget to call and all of a sudden you're two months down the road so but again it's those tidbits folks that you need to call a veteran insurance agent uh to make sure you're always covered so scotty we've enjoyed it very much i hope the insurance world does not change too much on you uh in the next uh eight or nine months uh, but uh enjoyed learning about uh a hay business on the farm and what rain does to it and stuff like that. So enjoyed having you on the show and wish you luck for you and your chapter as well. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And we will see everybody next time on Triangle Being On. tuned to the Nissan Communications Network. If you tuned in too late, you can always watch each program in its entirety or download an MP3 audio file of it in the archives section at nissancommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook. Sponsored by StreamingGear.com, Carolina Apparel, and DeltaForce.net.